The following podcast is intended for adult audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The Iron Realm, Chapter 12 A Meeting of Elves. The knob rattled twice more. There was something out there. Trey had said they were elves, but it was hard to know if that could be true. Elves were rare in the realm, but unlike many of the other races, they could usually be reasoned with. The tribe of Solus and the tribe of Bardar sat in the dark, listening for any more clues. Weapons were readied in case the door might be forced. Amazar lit the lantern. The shadows played against the walls and against their faces. Treya appeared matter-of-fact, while Kailana showed alarm and Solus curiosity. Stockholm motioned toward the door. Amazar shook his head, with his hands indicating Kana on the floor. Iona and Paola took up their weapons, while Echo absently stroked the hilt of her dagger in its sheath. The knob rattled, and then the voices on the other side faded. For a moment, there was no sound, but their breathing. They know we are here, said Treya. She went to the door as the others watched uneasily. In the elvish tongue, Treya addressed the visitors, and shortly later, a man's voice, then another man's voice, then a female, responded in kind. Their voices had an otherworldly timbre, like Treya's. What did they say? asked the dwarf. There are three of them, said Treya. So they say, said Amazar. They are here for food. They say they pose no harm. We need to hold on to the food we have, said Echo. We can't take any chances. We could use allies, said Solus. Maybe they have information on this territory or something to trade. That may be so, lad, said Stockholm. But we best be ready in case things turn dark. Arm and armor yourselves. We hold our hands open, but we show that we aren't easily taken either. Treya, tell them we will be opening the door if they care to wait. And tell them to sheathe their weapons. Despite their wounds, the group was able to don their armor and appear at their strongest before at last opening the door. Paola and Iona positioned themselves in a protective stance close to Kana. Echo took a corner position close to the door where she believed she would get the advantage in case of a trap. Bardar went to the door and knelt before at last tapping out the spikes. We are opening the door, said Treya, and as the door opened, they saw there standing three elves. All three wore a silver-colored chainmail, while one of the men also possessed a shield with the emblem of a tree upon it. That man was slight and had long, blonde hair. He introduced himself as Kai. The other man, with braided purple hair and a feather behind his ear, was Orson. And the woman, who had pixie-cut brown hair, identified herself as Lilena. Their weapons were put away, 
as had been asked of them, and Treya could not help but be impressed at this display of trust. Welcome, brothers and sister, said Treya. Come and share what we have to offer. She motioned to the others to lower their weapons, which was done with relief. Thank you, replied Kai in the human tongue now. We have traveled far and we are hungry. We have come to this place in search of the lichens which grow here. But we have found more than we had hoped for. Each in turn, Kai, Lilena, and Orson moved forward to kiss her before joining Treya at last in a lingering embrace. We have found you, sister of our hearts, said Kai. Fate has brought us here to find you, and we welcome you back into the arms of your own kind. Tonight, I greet you, travelers of the maze, who are passing this way for the twelfth time. Unexpectedly, a group of allies has come to the tribe's doorstep in their hour of need. But what have they come to give? And what have they come to take? The answers as the story unfolds on tonight's Iron Realm. <laughs> Behind the screen. This segment I recorded before the initial appearance of the elves. What I'm going to do is I'm going to begin with the straight results of their initial reaction role with the group. Once I have this information, I'm going to be able to write the intro for episode 12. So consider this a little bit of behind the scenes into my process. In this case, the group is not suffering any penalties for reaction. You see, in the Iron Realm, creatures are suspicious of anyone who has a different race. But because the elves are able to make contact with Treya, this penalty will not apply. Likewise, creatures in the Iron Realm tend to be distrusting of those who do not share their language. Again, Treya is able to speak to them in their native tongue, Elvish. Let's have the roll. The first result is an 11 on two six-sided dice. That's a very positive opening result. A second reaction check is required. Let's roll it. According to the second result, the elves are friendly. Prior dice rolls indicated that there are three elves total. Since the elves are friendly and may therefore stay with the group for a time, let's roll up their stats. Let's start with strength. A 9 for the first character, a 7 for the second character, a 10 for the third. Dexterity. A 12, an 8, a 15. And constitution. 6, 7, 10. Charisma. Twelve, eight, and seven. Intelligence. 
8, 10, 12. Wisdom. 15, 14, 9. Elves must have an intelligence of 9 or better. Because the first character has only an 8, I'm going to have to drop his wisdom by 2 in order to gain a point in intelligence. So marking wisdom down to a 13, intelligence goes up to a 9. Elves need to have a high score in both strength and intelligence. So because the second character has only a 7 strength, I'm going to drop that elf's wisdom by 4 in order to raise the strength to a 9. The first elven character I'm going to name Lilena. Lilena has a strength of 9, dexterity 12, constitution 6, charisma 12, intelligence 9, wisdom of 13. The second elf I'm going to name Kai, who has a strength 9, dexterity 8, constitution 7, charisma 8, intelligence 10, wisdom 10. The final elf I'm going to name Orson, with a strength 10, dexterity 15, constitution 10, charisma a 7, intelligence 12, and a wisdom of 9. Let's roll some life points. 6 life points for Lilena. Kai, 1 life point. Orson, 5 life points. The charts say that each elf has an armor value of 5. So I'm going to say that each elf has chainmail armor. I'm also going to say that Kai has a shield, which will make up for his deficiency under dexterity. In Orson's case, since he has a dexterity score of 15, I'm going to still say he has chainmail armor, but let's say it's damaged chain, which would normally give an armor value of 6, but because of his dexterity, actually improves to a 5. This way we're in keeping with the armor value listed in the charts for elves. Let's give each elf a sword, since the charts stipulate that each elf has a weapon. Let's generate the spells. Each elf has in his or her spellbook, Reader of Magic. And in addition to that, we have... See Magic for Lilena, Hovering Disc for Kai, and Invisible Shield for Orson. Before deciding upon any equipment that the elves have, I'm going to throw some dice for the treasure that they possess. If they have any, I may take these coins and trade them in for additional equipment. Each elf has between two to eight gold coins, and each elf has between one and six platinum coins. That means Lilena has three gold coins and three platinum coins. Kai has six gold coins and six platinum coins, while Orison has five gold coins and one platinum coin. A platinum coin is worth the same as five gold coins, so I'm going to remove one platinum coin from each elf as a trade for a backpack. I'm going to remove two gold coins from each elf as a trade for two water skins. I'll be generous and say that the water skins are full. 
Let's remove another gold coin from each elf so that each may have a belt pouch. I'll give a longbow to Kai and also a quiver with 20 arrows. That will cost three platinum coins. I'll give Lelena a mirror for one platinum coin and 50 feet of rope to Orson for one gold coin. That should do it. Let's say that the elves have run low on food as well. This will provide a reason for their arrival at the Moss Lichen Room. So concludes the generation of the three elves. Where the story will take them, I cannot yet say. With the twists and turns this solitaire adventure is taking, I'm as eager to find out as you are. <laughs> you have been listening to The Iron Realm. If you would like to show your appreciation and to support new episodes of The Iron Realm, visit patreon.com slash theironrealm and be you rewarded. You can also give a gift at drivethroughrpg.com using pay what you want or by taking a share of premium soft cover books, ebooks, and gaming aids for your Iron Realm collection. And don't forget to leave your five-star reviews at iTunes at drivethroughrpg.com and beyond. Finally, tell your friends and spread the word about the world's first play-by-podcast RPG audio drama. Do what you can to ensure the continuance of the realm. Your fellow travelers and your maze master, thank you. From the eternal depths of the Iron Realm. The Iron Realm, copyright Abel Enzo, is an original, dark fantasy delve into the eternal maze at the end of time. A portion of tonight's female voice performance has been provided by Gwenifuri of freesound.org, whose audio has been used with permission. Consult this episode's show notes at theironrealm.com or theironrealm.blogspot.com for full details. Gwenifuri, I give my gratitude for that which you have offered. Indeed, your passion and your presence will always be honored throughout the countless corners of the Iron Realm. Tribal Matters. It is the fourth day of Primaris, on level one Alpha, eight o'clock p.m., when the elves arrive. The characters are in the Moss Lichen Room, located at 40 across, 14 down, 42 across, 19 down. Len notices immediately that the two male elves have been in combat and are bleeding from wounds. She goes to assist. 
The following characters have suffered life point losses. Kai, 1 out of 5. Orson, 5 out of 6. Solus, 6 out of 8. Stockholm, 6 out of 10. Len, 5 out of 6. Temek, 1 out of 6. Bardar, 5 out of 7. Amazar, 3 life points out of 4. Iona, 2 out of 4. Kana, negative 3 out of 4. Aside from the elves who have just arrived, the group is suffering a minus 1 penalty due to lack of water on hits, damage, and movement. This is the second day they have gone without food or water. And at the day's end, they will accumulate an additional minus one for lack of water. The group has the following spells currently available. Lilena, Sea Magic. Kai, Hovering Disc. Orson, Invisible Shield. Gradually realizing that the elves pose no immediate threat, and because they do appear friendly, the group relaxes in their presence, and they converse of many things. As they move into the evening, Len bids the males to remove their armor, and she kneels before them, cleansing their wounds with moss and water. Kai and Orson thank her warmly for her attentions, and invite her to sit close to them as they converse with Treya about elvish matters. Of course, Bardar has secured the door once again with the iron spikes, and Amazar lets the lantern burn for a full hour in honor of their guests. Treya explains their situation and their need to conserve food and water in order for those wounded amongst them to heal. Kai agrees that the recovery of the wounded must be the first priority, and, having been so inspired by the kindness shown them, the elves pledge their assistance until the wounded have recovered. The group resolves to take sleep at 10 p.m., as had been originally planned. One roaming creature check. To reach 10 o'clock, none indicated. The group will sleep 10 hours total, and will therefore have five watches as follows. The first watch, Treya. The second watch, Kailana. The third watch, Echo. The fourth watch, Paola. And the fifth watch, Lilena. Roaming creatures checks through the night. The night is uneventful. It is 8 a.m. on the fifth day of Primaris. The group is now suffering a minus two penalty for having had no water the day before. Though at this point, Lilena, Orson, and Kai are suffering only a minus one, for they have foregone food and water for only one day so far, in solidarity with the rest of their new group. Upon rising from sleep, Paola and Iona show familiar disorientation as they did the morning before. They are visibly upset and seem not to remember who they are until Bardar 
repeats their names for you several times. Heyola, say your name with me. Heyola. Heyola. And you're Iona. Understand? Iona. Iona. Good. That's right now. They at last accept these, and remember. Lilena is especially perplexed by this, but says nothing. The spellcasters take some time with their spellbooks, and memorize the following. Treya, Aura against evil. Kailana, invisible shield. And Amazar, door denial. Len awakens smiling, having taken sleep with Kai and Orson. They whisper to her playfully, saying something about the goddess Luna. Echo looks on suspiciously as Len blushes, but can make out no more of the conversation. As they attend to their gear and as a way to take their minds off the hunger and the thirst they feel, Stockholm regales them with songs, songs that do honor to the ancient dwarven kingdoms. I've never been there, says Stockholm, yet somehow these songs have always been with me. Kai and Orson join in, and the group enjoys three songs total before Amazar at last hushes them in consideration of the unwanted attention they might attract. Three roaming creatures checks to reach 2 o'clock p.m. No roaming creatures. Of the group, the wounded may each recover one life point, excepting Orson and Kai, who have not yet had a full 24 hours of downtime. The group is recovering well now, and as a result, Solus and Kai entertain the idea of sending some of their number into the maze in order to recover water. The group gives their approval to this plan, yet decides it is best to wait one more day. Even so, in celebration of this plan, the group takes food and water in order to fortify themselves for the coming day. Paola and Iona manage to feed Kana a swallowful at a time by thoroughly chewing the moss in their own mouths before passing the food to her. It is a painstaking process which takes hours and yet it is effective. Kana is able to get the nourishment that she needs to survive. The tribe of Solus and the tribe of Bardar likewise share the food they have with Lilena, Orson, and Kai. Stockholm also takes time to speak to the elves about areas of the maze that they know of. He transcribes the information which they are able to relay with great accuracy to his own map. Previously, Len had kept the map for safekeeping but I am going to pass this map to Stockholm's backpack from now on. Treya and the elves spend the rest of the day discussing the elvish homeland, its nature, whether it exists, and where it might be. The time advances to 8 o'clock. Roaming creatures checks. Two roaming creatures are indicated during that time frame. The first roaming creature at four o'clock. 
Kai whispers to the others that he can hear something outside. All become very quiet. The sound from outside is composed of rough voices. They are grunting and growling. And there are several of them. Suddenly they are trying the knob. When it fails to give, they begin slamming against the door more and more violently. Though the spikes are in place, the group is unsure if they will hold. Stand back, says Amazon. He gestures, then casts door denial. Enraged at their inability to come through, those creatures outside eventually depart. That should hold them off, said Amazon. Goblins, perhaps? No, says Treya. Hobgoblins. Bigger. Meaner. Very good, then, that they are gone, said Amazon. Let us hope that they do not return. Unfortunately, the Hobgoblins do return, this time with reinforcements. By this time, Amazar's spell has expired, and the hobgoblins angrily try the door again. Before their wounds are fully healed, will the group be so soon put to the test? Weapons ready, and with the spikes in place, they silently pray that the enemy will not come through. The Iron Round, copyright A. Lenzo, is an extreme reimagining of the fantasy setting. Today's podcast features selective audio by Kevin McLeod, which can be heard unedited and in full at Incompetech.com. Further information can be found under this episode's summary at TheIronRound.com and theironrealm.blogspot.com Iron Personas Tonight, the wizard of the tribe of Solus, Kailana. Kailana is a human female, level one. She is 18 years old and has four life points. Her eyes are blue and her skin is white. Her hair is long and black. Kailana is 5 foot 10 inches and weighs 115 pounds. Kailana's preferred weapon is the silver dagger. She has a strength 7, a dexterity of 9, a constitution of 9, and a charisma of 10. Her intelligence is 12 and her wisdom is 10. Description Kailana is tall and thin, with blue eyes and straight black hair that falls to the small of her back. Her skin is a very fair white, and her features are delicate. Her face is heart-shaped. Kailana does not smile often. Personality Kailana is shy and prefers to stay in the background during social situations. This could be because she never really learned how to interact with people. Kailana is capable of being friendly, 
but usually relies on others to make the first steps. She has an inclination to become deeply attached to those who have shown her kindness and would risk much for them. Kailana is, as a person, sad, having always had the suspicion that she's lost something very important, though she knows not what it is. What happiness she finds is always experienced against this backdrop. It is difficult for Kailana to function alone since she is easily overwhelmed by the dangers she faces in the Iron Realm and is nearly paralyzed by the fear of becoming captured again. Combat. Being not very strong, fast, or clever, Kailana stays away from combat. Recently, however, she has realized that she is capable of casting magic and will sometimes try to use it for her group's advantage. She will become further involved if a friend is threatened, or if she herself is, using her dagger in melee if she must. Homeland. Iron Realm. Kailana has lived as a slave for much of her life, and has little notion of what freedom is. In her youth, she was a captive in a kobold encampment. The kobolds were raided by the goblins, and she was taken by them next, having been unable to escape from the fray. She was mistreated badly by the goblins. Once, when one of the pits ran dry of ore, Kailana was forgotten, and there, left alone, with no way out, no food, and no water for six days. To survive, Kailana retreated inward to what she would later call her quiet center, a place inside where the outside world couldn't reach her, where she could be safe. It sustained her through loneliness, but could not stave off the effects of thirst or starvation. When the goblins later found her at the brink of death, they moved her to another cave. Among the slaves, there was another girl, Echo. Echo had a manner about her which was feral and frightening to Kailana, but Echo cared for her and fed her when she was dying, and Kailana, who had never known another human before, began to have fond feelings for her counterpart. They learned that they knew a common human language which they had both forgotten. They talked about escape and about a new life together. This was the first joy Kailana had ever remembered feeling in her life. Family. Kailana considers Echo to be her mate, sister, friend, and companion. She has strong feelings of closeness with the others in her party as well. She thinks of Len and Treya as her sisters and confidants. She thinks of Solus and Temek as her brothers and protectors. She thinks of Stockholm as the patriarch of their little tribe. Having had no birth family that she can recall, this group is to her, in every true sense, her real family. Current. With the help of others, Kailana and Echo did escape from the goblins and have joined now with their new allies. Although they are stronger as a group, the Iron Realm is still dangerous, but Kailana realizes that in the safety of numbers, she may yet have a chance to become stronger and perhaps someday repay them 
and especially Echo for delivering her from the dark. I have been your maze master, Abel Enzo. Remember, play hard or go home. Iron Rail! Good night, everyone.